for me, I draw a lot on Whakapapa. So on my mum's side, just her whole heritage too of being French and Slavic and Italian and also coming from um, people who literally fled civil war to move down to the South Island to get away from the war, basically, from um, having to fight. They literally escaped the country and they lived in the farm and they just lived and grew vegetables. That's why they moved here because they could. So just that kind of survival instinct, I think, is a big motivation for a lot of my waiata, as far as, like, kaupapa goes. Kia ora, kuhuia he min tēnei. Anei te waiata mō taku pēpi, te ingoa pō marie me ata marie te waiata. Kia rite, baby. Hini. Ata marie e tama, ata marie. Ata marie e tama, ata marie. Oho mai, maranga, mihi ki te rā. Maranga, mihi ki te rā. Ata marie. Mō te ata, pō marie. Haere ki te moi, Pepe. Pō marie e tama, pō marie, pō marie e tama, pō marie, ki te moe, ki te moe. Haere ki te moe, ki te moe, ki te moe moe a. Haere ki te moe. Huia Hammond is a mum, producer and musician. She navigates the realm of motherhood and music with seamless ease tucked away in her home that overlooks the Waitakere Ranges. Uh, me and my um, husband have been here for 12 years, but originally it was his koro's place and he built it in the early 70s. So, um, And it was all farmland actually on that hill there and really young manuka. So this is, you know, what, 40 years of growth? just shows you when, when, they, when you stop farming an area how quickly Papatuanuku grows back. So um, now you can see it's like... But there's quite a few established Cody trees and there's a huge Manuka grove and all the Pungas are starting to come back now. So, um, yeah, so he's been coming here since he was born. And so it's a really special, um, a special whenua for us and for, and for him. Aside from the music <laughs> side, there seems to be, yeah, that puna of creativity within this yep. whare, within you. Um, you talked about wanting to um, learn how to grow mushrooms. Yep. So you, I mean, we talked about you wanted to do everything. During yeah, this I life. wanted to do everything always. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be good at everything so I can do everything. So yeah, I, I just it'd be nice to just do everything, know how to do everything instead of having to always ask people. That's just kind of how I am, I guess. 
The house, which belonged to her husband's grandfather, is also home to COG Recording Studios. On most days, Huya and her husband, revered audio engineer Chris Chetland, are either working with artists on their music or busy mixing down tracks in the studio. Today is no exception. Hip-hop artist Ray, who won Best Urban Album at this year's Waiata Māori Music Awards, is at the house working alongside Chris. He does most of the mahi because he's the he's got the qualies and he's the gear guy, so he does all the mixing and the mastering. And I mostly do um, vocal production, so I work with the vocalist and I do engineering for them. I do all the editing of the vocals. Um, I did Rob Ruha's EP, all his vocal edits and stuff here. Also, um, I do like backend stuff, so do like website marketing, um, the accounts like Zero, doing all that, um, as well as just keeping it clean and organised. <laughs> but um, Chris is, does most of the like mahi yara yara. I'm Justine Murray and this is Te on RNZ National. For the next few weeks here on the show, we profile Māori musicians. Tonight, Huya Hammond. Tatari o kia koe i te mata ho o te atakura Ka awhira nei koe huna ai Huya Hammond has played at gigs, festivals and concerts around the country. She's an artist and posts her drawings up on her Instagram page. Inside her lounge hangs the paintings, some prints and some originals, by her grandfather, Ray Hammond, who was a landscape artist, a poet and a keen environmentalist. He died in 2008. She explains the intricate detail of his work. In this one, I can see he's got just like a little bird inside that, inside that driftwood. And, and just looking from my koro's eye, I would say he would have that, that would be something to do with birth, and the the bird is being protected inside the driftwood. So that would be the idea of whanau, uh, and there'd be a life and death thing. So the driftwood is, is dead, you know, it's a dead piece of wood, yeah. but it's still providing life for the upcoming generations. And all his drawings are like that. There's always this circular moment there's always a circular of life and death life and death um and he was always about that that was kind of his whole kaupapa and so and there's also all these things like he always put faces inside um sometimes bodies uh so he drew quite fantasy and they were always based on pieces of driftwood that someone would either drop at his house or he'd find on the beaches in tapu or temata or wherever he was living at the time on the coast so always something that he's got physical it could be small it could be a big piece but often I'd go to my Koro's house and he'd have like a piece of driftwood and he'd go oh I don't know who dropped this off but isn't it beautiful and he'd sit there and he'd tell me about it and he'd or polish it up and you know old school polish it up and then stain it or cover it in beeswax and make it this beautiful piece of art um, yeah that whole life and death thing was for him is like really important to see death as not being the end but also being the beginning This album is really personal for me. It's songs that I've written um, in English. You know, I wrote them all in English first and then they were translated. So uh, some of the songs I've written when I was like 16, 
so Kanohone, I'd written when I was 16. Kanohone, me mahi. The other one that's I wrote when I wrote when I was sixteen. Taonga I wrote when I was sixteen. Some of the kupu and like Korero o King Arako is actually a translation of one of my Koro's poems, which is called I Speak to the Trees. And uh, new ones were like Way Way is new. Wayata Poi Poi was written for this album. Karikari K Road I'd written earlier in English. Um, Aoturoa was written for this album, and Awanui was like a a co-joined track that we'd written for an ad campaign actually and then we just um, kind of changed everything basically and just wrote a waiata with it so it's quite a personal um, album because I have this thing with birth around my album so I'm literally like I literally lost uh, a baby quite early when I started to record this album really early and then I actually became hapu and had my baby before it was released. That makes so sense. Over a year period, mm-hmm. basically. Pretty much. So at the start of the album, you actually lost baby. Yep. And yeah, then... I'd, I'd lost baby, um, and then I'd become hapu maybe three months after that. And then when that album came out, I'd literally have my newborn with me. So it was quite trippy. It's a mix, actually. Um, some of the songs, I actually, one of my friends passed away too, so um, the song Ua is about him. It's about his leaving us because he, he chose to leave, and um, that's a grieving song. So I think through writing the songs, I was able to grieve because the process of singing is very much the same sensation as, like, yelling or crying. When you sing, there's a real similar kind of um, emotional output that comes with that so in being able to sing songs I'm able to grieve um, but in a really healing way so then at the same time as grieving my kupu that's coming out is all about healing at the same time so I've got songs like um, on this one for example Pua Waihanga is about like a relationship so it's about um, keeping going back to love all the time so that's got a real healing message with it so if you're arguing with your partner you know before you go to sleep like don't just lie there and be angry actually one of you has to break you know if you love one of you has to stand up it's like etu etu kitawa aroha one of you got to stand up because otherwise it will it will fall over so there's there is um always like a situation and a healing message in each of the waiata but back to her grandfather ray hammond who was an artist and a poet, who he had talks about his work. So that's one of his pictures there, and that's an original. That one's a print. Um, that one's called Joseph Okari, Okarito, 
and uh, that was given to uh, the the Queen of England in 1977. Robert Muldoon gifted her that original painting for her 77th jubilee. Um, he also he also was really important when it when it comes to um, our ngahere. So in 1971, he petitioned the government. Um, and the Cody industry just say they weren't adhering to their practices that set up set the logging industry around. So originally, uh, when they were felling the Cody trees in like the late sixties and seventies, when it was a really big industry here, what they actually were supposed to be doing, and this is how the the Cody logging was set up, they were supposed to be going and removing the dead and dying trees. That was the whole kaupapa of the logging industry. My um, koro Ray, his brother. Roger was a pilot, so they had access to a plane. So they actually went up into the Hunua Ranges and they they got dropped off and they drove up um, in, a, in a car and they hiked to the top to see where these loggers had been and they took photos because they had cameras and stuff, all, all the trees that were marked to be cut down, showing that they were healthy. And then they went back in, did an aerial flight, dropped in and took another photo of those trees being cut down and showed that they, the loggers weren't adhering. And um, the Minister of Forestry at the time was D- uh, Douglas Doug McIntyre, and Papa petitioned the government with um, Douglas McIntyre against the logging company to get it shut down because they weren't adhering to their protocol and practices. And Duncan McIntyre, he uh, did the one of the big forestry acts to preserve native trees in 1971 because of Papa and his brother's work. So we wouldn't have all these trees. We wouldn't have um, the the forest. We wouldn't have any old Cody trees. They'd all be gone if it wasn't for him and his brothers. There were other guys like um, Graham Pratt, who's another environmentalist. He has done a lot of – he was the first nursery to – um, reproduce native trees because they were just doing like bringing in exotics, pine trees, yes. Norfolk, all the ones that we've got, oak trees, you know, all of those trees, all they were doing was producing those. But he was the first person to go, well, what about duplicating our native plants? So he started doing Nico and all that kind of stuff. So at the same time as Papa's work, he was, Graham was also doing this kind of work. So they were pioneers in um, more than one way. And, and Papa's poem um, I speak to the trees is basically about him going into the forest because he was he used to go in the forest because he's rugged <laughs> and old school they just go in the forest because it's you know without anything and um, him sleeping underneath a Cody tree and waking up and just recognizing that the Cody tree is an entity it's not dead it's alive and it's 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 a tipuna and that's what the wire that's what the poem is. I speak to the trees. And so with my waiata, I got that translated by Ruya Apirahama. And so that one is the print and that yep. one's the original. Yeah. What's what's the original painting called? Oh, it doesn't have a name. It, oh. I got it... Um, I got it off Trade Me. I've got all of his originals on Trade Me that I found. Oh. People just selling them. And they go, oh. But then usually they've like paid like a lot for them. And then, then I'm like, can I give you this much for it? And they're like, oh, yeah, of course you can. So, oh, um, wow. But I, lo- I loved it because I'd never, ever seen it before. I mean, Papa painted, oh, he must have done 
300 plus originals. Like I've, I would love for people, if anyone has an original Ray Hammond picture in their, in their house, please can you contact me because I like to know where these are. Also, if you think it's an original, like even if you haven't, you know, you've never seen it online because I have a website, um, hammondart.com. If you go on there and if you can't see your paint, your picture on there, and if your picture's not numbered and it has a signature, just please holler at me because I'm always looking for his paintings. I just want to know where they are. Um, it's just important for me to see his work. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to grab that. It's my favorite. It's um, Papa's co-papa is always about mokupuna and tipuna always there's always this um this life and death flow and everything that he he draws again always deep there's always a second layer but for for papa it's always a combination of the following it will be the view on the east coast of where he used to live that is always one thing there's always um it's always got it always have some kind of reference to hikurangi always has a reference to the the ranges up in the coromandel there's always a reference to uh, the beauty of nature. My dad um, used to run the Rayham and Gallery, so I got really familiar with all his artwork as well. So I feel lucky about that because I know his I know his work. You know, I've got visual snapshots of everything that he's done because I used to deal with the prints and help my dad sort the prints. And I actually have all the prints now. Do you yeah. just do you, are they, do you display them or are they just? Um, no, I'm kind of the next generation down, so it's not really my place to do that. Um, if his, if my dad's like brothers and sisters, you know, if it's it's their father, and if they yeah. if they want to do something, I'm happy to help. But it it can't be initiated by me. I'm just not in the right generation. It's not my place. But I've got them, and I'm um, helping to sell the. There's a lot of copies of things, so we I've got a few to sell and things like that. But um, I, I've got like the archive. There's about maybe like uh, eighty prints. So how do people buy them? Oh, you can just go online. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hammondart. <laughs> Hammondart.com. Hammondart.com. And you can see the ones that are for sale. A lot of them, there's maybe like two left. Um, and then I've got like one copy or two copies just for the whanau. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's, 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 it's beautiful. It's so I feel lucky to have um, have all his artwork and his, his kupu and his um, all his rongoa Māori and, you know, yeah, all his writing. Beautiful. And his, yeah, all his writings about growing up. collaborative project Tato Tato E comprised of several artists with a strong roots reggae feel to the music. It's a collective in the sense that it's a whole lot of different artists. The core of it is Chris and I. Um, and at the time, Ruya, when he was doing a translation and, and a lot of real with us. Yes, Apirahama, yeah. Yep. He uh, he was a big facilitator around that because of his his use of te reo. Um, he was a big proponent to help me to relearn te reo um, tika, not in my own way, in my kind of disjointed way. He really helped me to to like lock in the language because I didn't really have any real mentors um, growing up in te reo because my dad didn't. He spoke a little bit my nan, but you know it's quite fresh. Which I quite I'm used to speaking in that really fresh. Um, it's not even fresh. It's like the actual real, which is practical and fast. It's just like a simple, my, 
you know, yeah. none of this like my kite, blah blah blah. It's like my and mm. you know, not a proper grammatical um real, just yeah. like conversational real. So Ruya like helped me to understand the language a lot more and how to how to use it and how to communicate with it. Um yeah, he was a big proponent of these projects. And they've got about um usually between five and ten different artists on it. So um yeah, it was a real and then Jake and the geeks who aren't native speakers either. You know, like the varying degrees of um of Tadil speakers is really important. Chris is putting me off. That's all right. <laughs> He's looking at me like you goo goo. Um yeah, so that that came about because we we were already producing um Tadil tracks. <laughs> is a working artist but she also works on behalf of other musicians as a vocal coach she does their publicity and their promotion artists have included Jay Geeks Russell Harrison and Ruya Apirahama Chris's beta cell he's had um, number one drum and bass tracks in the world for what he's done number one and breaks as well so he's a really like well-known electronic electronic music producer from for the last kind of twenty years. Beta Cell, yep. As in Beta Cell and Schumacher. Yep. So he wrote all wow. those tracks. Busy man. Yeah. So that's Beta Cell and that's Chris. And so that is another area of my music is performing with Beta Cell. So we I do all their old tracks um, and new ones that we've written. Yeah. Do you, re- you represent artists as well? Um, originally it was Cog Studio and Cog Transmissions was the label. So they made, they did um, launched um, Peter T. Oh, Peter T. As well. Um, it was back in the early two thousands. So it was um, Scribe's album. It was all produced, mixed, and mastered at Cog yes. by Chris. Um, and P Money as well, so that was their joint thing. So P Money, Concord Dawn, Shapeshifter, Pitch Black, um, a lot of um, electronic artists did all their first releases through Cog because it was the first dance label in the country. So um, it was more indie rock those days, so that's why they started. So they literally, Chris and his, um, well, mostly Chris actually, and, and a few other people, they moved into a what was an old wood workshop, which is um, in Kingsland. Yes. And um, they basically cleared areas and started um, buying, you know, gear with the money they had and just kind of went from there. And so that was 20 years ago, I think, this year. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, like myself. People have been in the radio industry for many, many, many years. <laughs> that have, you know, I remember getting yeah. the kind of like the the marketing stuff of the, you know, the, the piece of paper with the information and yeah, the CD sure. yeah. and the the cog little logo. Oh, cute. Nice. <laughs> so, That's awesome. so you know, I remember that through, especially in from the year two, early two thousands mm, and onwards. Yep. So, I just spoke today. Um, a performer. Do you yep. does cog or do you represent Ray as well? So Ray originally came in here just to do mastering for his. Um, um, to his track and uh, which was Handy Club, so he'd already done like all his first chief speech. I heard about Ray from my friend Lois um, McIver, who's Fire and Fire and the Mahesian. They were at the Waiatamari Music Awards, and she said, "Have you heard of this young um, Rangatahi called Ray? Because actually, um, I think it's something to do with." He was at a kohanga reel that his sister, her sister, used to run, or something like that. So this like whole like um, you know the history going back with, with him. And I said, oh, no. She goes, oh, look, he's really talented and he won, like, Best Urban Artist. And so I heard about him through there. And then he did the mastering here and then um, he came back to do another couple of tracks, like Chief Speech. And we've just been releasing his... Um 
has work ethic, so he's really diligent in what he wants to do. Yeah. Who are you to tell me just who I can't be? You don't know my past if you don't ask me. Yeah. I see you make judgments, trying to judge us, please. Yeah. And I do not wear one, so you can't unmask me. Yeah. And what he's doing and, and where his scope of, like, music, I mean, we always talk to him about thinking about Aotearoa, like a small town in the States. It's basically five million people is small. I think he's looking from Aotearoa and using, like, Maori, his Maori um, whakapapa and heritage as being his point of difference for the world as opposed to, like, I have to get into the New Zealand hip-hop community to make it because I think that's a that's quite small thinking and I don't think it's even a real thing anymore. Kia ora, Māori musician Huia Hammond. I'm not afraid of